0: If you are a gin drinker, you may well have seen the label Lighthouse Gin on shelves and drink menus around the country. Well, the person behind it is a solo act. She is head distiller Rachel Hall, a one-woman production line who makes and bottles every single bottle of Lighthouse Gin herself. And she didn't even always like gin. We had to hear this story. Rachel Hall joins us now. Hello.
1: Hi, Jesse. How are you? Yeah,
0: good. Nice to talk to you. And um, thanks for taking some time out of what I presume is a pretty busy, busy life.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty busy these days. Um, but yeah, not a problem. Happy to have a chat about gin.
0: When did you oh, go from uh, gin, um, gin avoider to gin lover?
1: Oh, it was a summer like this. It was a very hot summer's day and we'd been working hard out um uh, make uh, bottling, and um, we were bottling apple juice at the time, and they were like, oh, "We're going to, since we've worked so hard, let's have a drink at the end of the day." And I was like, "Yes," and then they're like, "Oh, it's going to be gin, isn't it?" Yeah. <laughs> and so I thought, oh, "Well, I, I'm not going to miss out because it looks so delicious." So I tried it, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" And by the time I got to the end of the, that glass, it was. I was just in love with it. It was like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah.
0: Was it a particularly fancy gin that you were drinking?
1: It was Lighthouse. Was it just? (laughs) Yeah, it was um, back then, it was just a little um, still in the back of an old apple packhouse. And um, yeah, so that was when it was based in Greytown before we moved to uh, Martinborough. Yeah, so that's how I was introduced to Lighthouse gin.
0: So you were working at a juice company?
1: Yes, yes, I was working for Mulla Juice back then, Um, so we crushed fresh apples and extracted the juice. Yeah.
0: Okay, so not too big a a leap. And So how did you go from enthusiastic partaker of gin to head distiller?
1: Well, um, because both businesses were on the same premises, um, I got to know the distiller Neil, and I'd grown up in a pub, so I was a little bit fascinated by gin being made here in New Zealand. I thought I didn't realise that it was um, possible and so I um, got to know Neil and would ask him more about it so I went from working on the juice to working on the gin and um, then over time Neil wanted to retire so um, asked me to be the next distiller when he retired.
0: Hmm. Well that's pretty special and how long have you been doing that for?
1: Um I'm coming up 10 years uh-huh. this year. <laughs> yeah. How yeah, hard is so it to I learn mean, to be a
0: distiller? Uh,
1: it's not too hard. I think um, as long as you follow the process um, and you don't cut the corners to make sure everything is done correctly and always um, taste everything. Uh, you don't have to have huge taste, just a little taste to make sure you're on track. Um, and then also just making sure you've got really good ingredients.
0: Yeah, and is it common for one person to do this by themselves?
1: Not particularly, no. Um, because it is quite there is quite a lot to do. Um, usually, it could be a husband and wife team or friends that will um, get together, and one will do, say, the um, the distilling side, and the other will do all the other kind of things like. Um, bottling, dispatch, mm. and stuff like that. So, but um, while the still's ticking away, I thought, well, ma- I might as well just be bottling as well. So, yeah, it's not a problem to do at all. To- <laughs>
0: <laughs> Although I understand you had to make some adjustments to make it possible to do alone.
1: Yes, yeah. So, um, well, when I first started, everything was by hand. We labelled by hand. We bottled. We had a single bottle filler. Had to put all the caps on by hand. We had a little hairdryer-looking thing that would shrink all the sleeves on. Um, So it was quite a process. And then over time, as um, popularity grew with the gin, we were able to upgrade equipment. So we went to a four-head bottle filler. Now we've got an automated line, so I can just put the bottle on one end and um, we made it so it was in a horseshoe shape instead of a straight line. (laughs) Otherwise, I'd be running from one end to the other.
0: (laughs) Where'd the machine (laughs) come from?
1: Um, So that machine came from Italy, Italy. It's a guy bottling line, mm-hmm. and um, recently we've just purchased a beautiful new 700 liter still from Carl in Germany, which we're just about ready to start using. We've just got the final um, little bits sort of compliance to get through, and we'll be ready to go with that.
0: Presumably, you don't need to age your gin as you as you have to with um, some whiskies and, and wines, for example. Is it quite a fast process comparatively?
1: Yes, yes, absolutely, as you can, Um, it takes about a day, so I will, um, what we call a charge, we'll set the charge in the still the night before, and then I just come in in the morning and turn it on, when it starts to run I'll take what's called the cut, so that's the um, taking off the heads, I take the heart, the best part of it, and discard the tails, Um, the Batch gets restilled again and then um, it's ready. So, um, with overproof gin, and then the next day you can just cut it down to, or we cut it down to 42%, and it's ready to go. Huh.
0: How do you turn water into alcohol?
1: Oh, it's quite a um, magical process. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, it's, a, it's a mix of um, a neutral spirit a really good one. We get ours, um, it's a grain-based one. Uh, we import it from Australia. It's really, really good. And then we uh, use water from a uh, Natural Spring out at a, a Forica Ho Lodge. Um, and because that's lovely and pure, we blend those together. I've spent many years um, and a lot of time sourcing the botanicals that we use um, for each batch. And then that's how you make it. You just put it in the still, and away you go.
0: And does every bottle of your gin taste exactly the same?
1: Um, I try to make it um, taste pretty much the same but because it's done in small batches um, you can get slight variations. Uh, I do keep a library so if I think I'm getting too citrusy or not junipery enough I can taste through and I can um, back on a couple of older batches and go oh yeah okay I know what to do and it's and things like that. So, um, but the batches are blended together because I'm only at the moment. I'm only getting a hundred litres of overproof gin, and I need five hundred or close to six hundred litres to make up a, um, a bottling tank. So, it's a few days' work for me at the moment because I want to do. If I'm going to do a bottling run, I'll do a bit larger batch and um, spend the day bottling.
0: Yeah, how big your bottles?
1: Uh, They're 700 ml.
0: Okay, so 1,000 bottles per uh, per run.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Um, so speaking on behalf of uh, the people who are a bit overwhelmed when they go into the liquor store and try and choose a bottle of gin, <laughs> is there any difference?
1: Oh, absolutely. Everyone's got their um, own recipe. Um, each still um, works slightly different. Um, they generally do the same thing, but... Some have column head stills, uh, some have a pot still. Um, The sizes they might um, re-distill their batch uh, two or three times, or they might only do it once. So yes, every uh, every gin will taste different, and they'll have their own unique recipe.
0: Mm. What is? Tell me about a good one then. What will a good one taste like?
1: Uh, for me, a good one will have, uh, it will be lovely and smooth, it, so it won't be uh, what we call rough. It won't taste um, quite alcoholic or quite harsh in the mouth. it will have a good mouthfeel. Uh, it will have juniper up front and um, it will mix well with the tonic, I think is a good key to a good gin.
0: Mm. Is that the best way to drink gin with tonic?
1: Uh, well, for me, I love a good g and I find them quite rewarding. Um, but I do do like a martini and other cocktails. But I think, um, for me, I love a good, good old g and
0: Yeah. Do you bother with the fancy tonics, or is it all pretty much the same?
1: Uh, I do. I do. I think um, if you're going to spend good money on a um, good bottle of gin, don't ruin it with something that's not so great so I um, I do like the East Imperial Burma tonic I think that pairs really well with light Um I won't go for anything that's diet I don't like the taste of um, the sort of sorry the artificial sugars so yeah I, I do go for a good tonic
0: is it a stressful job
1: well sometimes it can be <laughs> but not generally um, there have been times when um, You'll get a large order, and and you're like, yes, we can do it, and you might have a breakdown or something like that. Mm. or um, Yeah, but always manage to make the deadline, and it's pretty good. And generally around Christmas, um, you've got quite a lot of movement of stock, and um, so you're uh, distilling and bottling and dispatching flat out. So it can get a little bit stressful then, but you prep yourself for that time.
0: And tell me about the botanicals. What are you um, working with there? Because they're the things that turn a, a sort of a colourless, flavourless uh, liquor mm-hmm. into something more interesting, right? Well, it remains colourless, yeah. I think, but yeah, go yeah, on. Yeah,
1: that's because it's distilled. So um, when it, when it's actually in the still, it's brown from all the t- botanicals, but it, um, when it comes off, it comes off the steam, so it comes out clear. Uh, we use nine botanicals in our gin, and so, of course, to be a um, good London dry gin, you'll be juniper-ford. So we get our juniper from Macedonia at the moment. Uh, coriander seed, almonds, uh, we use two types of cinnamon. We've got the cassia bark, which is the harder cinnamon, and then we've got the salon cinnamon from Sri Lanka. Then we use licorice root and iris root. the licorice root gives it a natural sweetness, and the iris root uh, actually helps bind all those flavors together so when and keeps the aromas in the bottle, so when you open it they 're not just going to disappear they'll hang around and then I freshly zest navel oranges and yen bin lemons you, and. Wow. The rest. Yeah, the Yen bin lemons are a um, true lemon. They haven't been um, crossed with like a mandarin or a grapefruit, so you're getting that true lemony flavour coming through. They're a real lemony lemon. Yeah. So um, I think it's important that you do um, make sure that you're getting the flavour profiles that you want from all your botanicals.
0: I've well, had a tough few years, the old Yen bin lemons. Everyone's going towards those my ones, the big juicy ones, so pleased to mm-hmm. hear they're being appreciated in, in some quarters at least.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, we love our Yen Ben lemons. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Nice one. Rachel, good to talk to you. Thanks for explaining a bit about the intricate work that you do and uh and good luck with the future.
1: Thank you. And yeah, come and see me one day at the Run Holder, um, our new premises at Chikaranga Vineyard. Um yeah, uh, where i the new still's in, so and you'll be able to see me through the window. So pop in and say uh-huh. good day.
0: Great, thank you. Rachel Hall, yep. head distiller, the lighthouse uh, lighthouse gin.